0: This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.
1: Are you ready? Of course you are. I believe we're all prepared for everything that we're experiencing. Otherwise, how would we be experiencing it? Is your big thing the seed to your soul? That's a question that we dive deep into here with Jeff Patterson. I'm so excited for this, for y'all to listen to this interview. It was such an honor and really an inspirational weekend at the Game Changer Summit in Aspen, Colorado over the weekend. I actually even saw a bear or more, at least one bear every night and even had a run in not, I mean, it was a few feet away with a mama bear. So I tell that story a little bit about that in here. And yeah, get ready for a wild ride. And I really, inspi- I mean, I, I would rarely tell you to do this, but this might be one where you might want to pull out a notepad if you're not driving. <laughs> and um, before we launch this episode, I am currently, I just drove back from Aspen. I'm in Boulder, Colorado. It's actually where the founders of Ned Live, which has been one of our main sponsorships for this podcast thus far, they uh, have partnered with a farm and maybe a new farm as well, but both in Paonia, Colorado. Um, and from my understanding, this town does not even allow pesticides and it's on spring water. How cool is that? I got to go check out that town. Uh, but yeah, Ned is an awesome product. It's an awesome full spectrum CBD product. They have tinctures that you can put sublingually. They have body butters and now they even have a women's like moon cycle line, which obviously if you know anything about my queen bee, we're excited about that. So definitely if you want to get 15% off your first order, um, go ahead and check it out. It's at hello, breakingnormal slash um, breaking normal. The hemp, is awesome. Quality, uh intentionally grown. I mean it's it's the real deal. Y'all haven't heard me promoting much products over my ten year career in the media or ten plus year career in the media, and there's a reason why. I haven't really found many brands that I feel aligned enough to promote. However, Hello Ned is one of them. So thank you guys. I've even had one of the founders on the show, Rhett, definitely check that episode out. It's called a uh, turn your job into a joy, or get a heart on and turn your job into a joy of being. And in the meantime, uh, enjoy this, go get some Ned, maybe take a dropper and ease into this episode. And on that, I also, last yesterday when I got back from Aspen, I was doing some breath work and I kind of tweaked my neck. And I will say, one of the reasons I'm ex- excited to talk about Ned is because I've been using their Arnica CBD, full full spectrum CBD body butter on my neck. And I'm very happy I have that. Let me say that. And I'm very happy I have a healthy neck and a healthy body that has the ability to experience tension if necessary and then the experience to heal. And I trust that we're all on that path of unavoidable success, health, wealth, and abundance, connection, consciousness, and all the breaking normal buzzwords. All right, much love to y'all. I'd love to hear what you think about this episode. Leave a review on the iTunes if you can, if you have an iPhone that's really reverent to the gods of the internets known as algorithms. And uh, yeah, let's keep amplifying the Breaking normal message. Oh, and if you are in Boulder area, Longmont, or Colorado, or wherever, um, we're thinking about doing a tribe design microdose experience leading up to the next New Year's Levo- Evolution Fest starting this weekend. So send me a personal message on Instagram. I'm pretty um, interactive on there, or Daniel at BreakingNormal.com. Either one, y'all. And uh, trust you're doing great, and I trust I remember a future of you loving what you're about to listen to. So, be enjoy, my friends. Much love to y'all. Peace. In. All right, y'all. I got a very special episode here in Aspen, Colorado, with Jeff Patterson, success coach. I just wrapped up attending his Game Changer Two Day Summit, and we're actually in his hotel room right now. And that
2: sounds that sounds a little misleading. <laughs>
1: It it could be, it depends on listening. But we are listening. in my hotel, that
2: is a fact, We are. that's where we are.
1: And this is a little background, we met in a pretty magical way a few months ago, um, as many of the people know on this show, that Wim Hof um, and the lifestyle that he is promoting is something I've been into in a lot of ways before I even knew who Wim Hof was, and I've gotten the pleasure to meet him at the Bulletproof conference that we both spoke at and do a lot of his training with some mutual friends like Darren Oleen and... I got to do that with Laird Hamilton and um, it's it's basically a lifestyle of breathing and living awesomely and using cold, fresh water to the advantage of our human optimization. So when I walk into this coffee shop, it's already quite vortexy and right when I walk in, this guy kinda yells at me <laughs> Just and I, I, the same simultaneously I'm recognizing a girl from Austin, Texas, and this guy, Jeff, is kind of Are you Wim Hof? And I was like, what in the world? I've never had, I'm like, is, is all the breath in the cold water just making us look the same? Or how, how does this guy, how did that guy say that? That's why I was like, this is amazing. And sure enough, we just hit it off. Uh, I'm amazed that that was the first time I met you.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a pretty, um, magical meeting.
1: What do you think uh, compelled you? I think I've asked you this before, but I'll ask you here on, on the show. What compelled you to ask that question? Am, am I Wim Hof?
2: Well, because what came to mind was an image of a picture of you with my friend, Darren Oleen. and I think he was on your podcast, and you guys were chatting, and there was a picture of you at his place in Malibu, and I that was years ago, and I recognize, that image shot into my head when you walked in, and so I just, I've never seen Wim Hof. I, of course, know who he is, and so in that conversation you had with Darren, I think there was a subtitle, Something About Wim Hof. And so it just I could I didn't know your name and I didn't want to get on my phone I just and I definitely wanted to get your attention and say hey and that's just what came out.
1: <laughs> well, I uh that might seem small to people but I think that's pretty huge. I think it's a huge gift you have that able to tune into a frequency of a feeling and take action on it right away in the moment. Hmm. I don't know if you've always been that. I from what I've heard I don't think you've always been that way and I'm excited to unravel maybe how you got to the point where When you see an opportunity, whether it's someone you want to talk to or anything that's aligned with your big thing, how you seem to be taking action immediately and not getting into a state of paralysis analysis and thinking your way around these situations, but really diving into them. And uh, thank you for inspiring this whole group to get more into that flow this weekend. And I'm excited to share your wisdom with all the people that are listening on the show And before we do, uh, a big topic of the Game Changer Summit was our big thing. And my big thing is definitely revolved around the Breaking Normal book, podcast app, and international tribe design and what we're building with that. And I thought it'd be fun if we played the app, the that game on the app for a few minutes, so people can get to see us, know each other even more. I love it. That sounds great. So if you want to press enter on that, and if anyone else wants to do this, is a great game. I think it's one of the most effective and efficient ways to get to know people quickly. And Jeff, so you know, and you're awesome, You'll probably be awesome at this because it's very much revolved around improving, which okay. is improving, which okay. is one of your passions. Yes, it is. Um, it's going to basically ask us like life's biggest questions. It's gonna go back and forth, and it's gonna give us 30 seconds to answer it in a unique way. It might be speaking, it might be singing, it might be embodiment. And if we do the embodiment, you'll just kind of do charade style in your seat, or it might right here. yeah yeah right here. Okay, I got you. or it might ask you to ask me a question. Okay. So those are. This is a a fun exploration and self-acceptance through self-expression. So my encouragement for both of us is just to go all in on our answers, to like let this be a magical game that's going to pull some gold out of us. I love it. All right. Oh, and then what I'll do is when you – is your volume on, on the phone, like is on the side yes all right so i'll, I'll try i'll hold it if that's cool and then that's i'll just kind of put the so here we go we're going to dive in and i encourage everyone that's listening to dive into this game if you have the iphone that's currently on the iphone to play this with friends and family to get your friends to become more like family and your family more like friends so here we go
0: daniel who is your biggest fan embody it
1: Oh. There seems to be a noise there. It might be
0: what's your soul's purpose? Embody it.
1: Ooh, another embodiment. This is interesting for the podcast. Is this for me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, just what's asked it? him what's his soul's purpose, and he's going to embody it. So make sure you're checking the video out at normal dot com slash podcast. He's he's touching me a lot right now. If y'all yes. are checking out the video, there we go. Nice. I'll do a few more. A, what
0: accomplishment are you most proud of? Embody it.
1: For the sake of the podcast, uh, the embodiment ones, I'm going to speak them. My biggest accomplish or the, my, the accomplishment I'm most proud of is, oh, Davina, my daughter, um, how she was bor- born, uh, how she's lived since she's born, our connection, um, the sheer amount of love that's like, I can't, I don't know how to put it into words. It's an ineffable amount of love that I have between her and me and my wife that's really changed everything for how I love people. Mm. Love it.
0: Jeff, what are you the most excited about? Sing it.
2: I love listening to what's trying to emerge. And helping coax it out And bringing it into the world So I'll keep singing And keep bringing That's what I'm excited about
0: Daniel, what is your earliest memory? Embody it Alright, so I'll do that Speaking
1: again, my earliest memory I think it's something to do with like playing in the driveway with my dad and um, water guns. And I remember at one point there was like we were throwing this tricycle. He threw a tricycle, I remember, and it split in midair. <laughs> I have this vision of like my dad throwing a tricycle <laughs> and it's splitting in midair around me.
2: I I hope your head wasn't <laughs> the you know the, the thing that made it split. Yeah.
0: What's your greatest gift? Sing it.
2: Wow, I'm getting a lot of singing. My greatest gift is listening and sensing the subtle energies and speaking it into being and also seeing someone's future and seeing them inside of it and seeing it so real that I can taste it. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah! <Wow>. Oh, yeah! <laughs> nice, nice. Well, then we'll do one more each and then we'll get it on to the interview.
0: Daniel, ask any question to Jeff in 10 seconds or less.
1: Well, perfect. Let's just transition to the interview there. Perfect. Well, the singing. You told me, you told the group yesterday that there was a point where you committed to singing to all your prospective clients at one point. Is that correct? It is. It,
2: I, I was in an early stage in my coaching business about 15 years ago, or in the past, and I was having so many conversations, and I felt like I was asked, I mean, every conversation is unique, and, but I just felt like I was doing the same thing every day for weeks, and even months, and um, I had to mix, I was like, I want to have more fun, or mix it up, or do something, because it was the same thing, and so... I just asked, what would make this more fun? And my intuitive answer was sing to every person. And I just about lo- – I was like, "Are you?" there's no way I'm going to sing to every one of my clients.
1: Yeah, I'm prospects. wanting to imagine this. So you're having an interview in your office with a potential – is this kind of the same? It was
2: both. At the time, I w- a lot of these were phone calls with people that I had not even known very well and just sharing that I'm a coach and – You know, just wanted to see what you're creating in your life and could I be, could I help? And I'd like to just offer to have a conversation and help you, no charge, no expectations. And if you know somebody that needs coaching, maybe you'd refer me. And that's how I built my business in the beginning. And so um, some of those conversations were on the phone and then some of those were in person. I didn't have an office in those days, so my and office was wherever I lived, basically. Were the
1: person that you were singing to, were they aware that you had this agreement with yourself?
2: No, because I didn't want to say, that felt like a cop-out. If I told them, I've got this agreement with myself, that I'm going to sing to every person that I talk to about coaching today. So no, I that was my own role. I could not tell them why or what I was doing. I just did it.
1: That's, that's uh, an inspiring story for me because I've, I've definitely mean, done social experiments and to just break out in song with a pers- prospective client without telling them why I'm doing that. Yeah. That must have been quite the invigoration for yes. your calls.
2: Many years ago, I used to um, host some kid shows for Nickelodeon. They were live stage stage shows, one of which was at Universal Hollywood. And we'd do the same show four or six times a day, every day, you know, for, for years. And so you had to get creative in how you keep it fresh. And so you have a script, but you also get to improvise with the people that were on stage because this was like a real kids get slimed and pied and stuff. And we would always play this game where you would we decide the word of the show or the word of the day, like, for example, pussycat. And so we'd see how many times you could inject the word pussycat into the show in a way that, and it ha, of course it had to be tasteful and it had to be well done. And um, you might know Wayne Brady, who's a really well-known improviser. He was one of the fellow hosts on the show. And so we were always cutting up and doing goofy things during the show. And it was, that was one of my highlights. So I always, I try to create fun things like that for my clients, for myself, because if, if we're not having fun, we're not doing it right.
1: True, true, that there you go, let that soak in. And, um, uh, as a little context, what I took away, I'm just gonna do a like a breaking normal app answer to what I took away from this game changer summit. And for me, I think you really inspired and drove the point home that going for one's big thing is a path and potentially a fast lane to healing and to integration. And for fulfillment and and to have fun. And um, I've been, you know, you know a little bit about me, but I've been around so many healers for decades, whether it's like my wife helping people heal through dreaming and breath work and cacao, or whether it's something like like Wim Hof or myself or Laird Hamilton is getting people deep in nature to be exposed to what's real and let that be healing. and. You, I mean, like, I, I don't know how to describe it. This is, you really didn't let anyone get away with just giving a, a small goal. You really drove point, the drove home the point of how important it is for one's health and holistic living that they're, they're aware of their big thing and they're going for it. Yes.
2: I believe that every person has inside of them now a big thing, whether they think they don't have or whether they doubt it. For most people, I think it's just having the audacity to speak the clarity of their heart. You know, So many people are walking around thinking, I want to change the world in some way. I want to make a difference. And we have those moments in our life when we we feel it. We're like, yes, I know I'm here for a purpose, even though I may not know what it is. And if we let ourselves follow that thread and we listen to that and cultivate a relationship with that voice, that energy inside, it's telling us, it's leading us through our preferences, through our interests, through our passions, and through our desire. And so when those two things come together, um, I believe that everybody's got a big thing in there, and they just need the courage and the space and the safety um, and and the sacred context to support that coming out. And when it does come out, it is, you know, it sounds really cliche right now, because this is a word in the vernacular of of everybody in, in America, but it's a game changer, when I'm coaching people here in my office in Aspen and people fly in from around the country, in some cases the world, um, that's one of the things I'm looking for. I can't tell you how many people have come to me looking to solve a problem or increase their performance in a specific either their their sport or their business or their industry And ultimately, if you slow down, step back and get the big thing and slap it on the table, the thing that they're deep down dying to do, the thing they may not think is, you know, healthy to do now because there's too many other things going on. um, When you get that on the table, it's like it awakens a vitality and it starts to pull us in a way that no other motivator, no other coach can.
1: Yeah. And I would say not only does it awaken a vitality, but I think it's something we talked about a lot of time that's tied to that big thing and why it hasn't been expressed or focused on or even the person having the audacity to speak it because there's a lot of fear or trauma or pain around that big thing yeah and I guess I'm curious what is your big was when you were singing to clients what was your big thing then is it the same as your big thing now and what personal pain or trauma did you get to transcend Maybe it was surprised you. You're like, well, man, I, I, Here's my big thing. I didn't know I was gonna have to deal with all this other stuff too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, m- my big thing is has always been to inspire and uplift people since I was very little, and that's more that's shown up in different ways. You know, through acting at one point, being a professional actor in Hollywood for about 15 years, and then through you know other businesses and then coaching. So, for me. That, that big thing of wanting to be on stage, uplifting audiences, being one-on-one with people, for me, it was kind of like the snapshot of, of impact, of using my unique gift of intuition, of just sensing in my kind of like unique ability to really help someone see and feel and smell their big thing so fully they can taste it, which has them accelerate it and realize it much quicker that's just a thing I've wanted to use for good for a long time and even didn't have the words for it in the past. So that's, that's always been my big thing. And then of course I see things like speaking on big stages, you know, collaborating with people in the media and doing really cool things and, and, and being able to work with people that are influencing the world. So that's kind of the snapshot of of my big thing. And what I had to work through was, there were so many things I had to work through. Being a nice guy was one thing. I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to kind of approve of me. I wasn't even aware of that.
1: Sort of like you – have and I, a big part of Breaking Normal to me is helping the collective break the addiction to approval. Yes. So you were a little bit caught up in that snare. Oh, okay,
2: that's yeah. That's putting it mildly. It <laughs> straight up, you know, needy and creepy. <laughs> You know, I wanted I I had a gift, and I I wanted to use it to serve people, and I and that was always where I came from. But then, when I once I got in it, and my interpersonal stuff baggage got in the way, it's like I wanted them to like me, and then sometimes I backed off my intuition, or I didn't say what I really felt, you know. Which sometimes, what I've learned in my coaching is is when I say what's in my heart, magic happens. And sometimes the stuff that comes out of me is like it it scares me to even say sometimes. Just because it can be so confrontational or carefrontational, it can, you know, when you know the context of what somebody's been through and then that kind of bold message comes through you, the mind gets in the way. Um, So I've worked really hard to just hear my mind but not let that be the guiding force. I, I listen to what's inside most often. And sometimes, you know, I probably fall short or miss the mark, but I'm always willing to clean it up and do my best to always be coming from love.
1: Well, you're a great storyteller, and I would say you are very spiritual. I know that you're not advertising this as a spiritual experience, but to me, that makes it all more spiritual. It's kind of like my friend JP. Yeah. Uh, what could be more spiritual than making fun of spirituality?
2: Right. I love JP. Oh <laughs> my gosh, he's
1: so funny. He's the first guest on the show, and re- and reads the. Uh, he actually did the forward for Breaking Normal, so if you haven't checked that book out, definitely do. I guess what um I'd like to hear a few of those stories about like maybe you could share this story about you had this intuition to start singing to people that i'm 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 curious to how that was tied to your big thing. It sounds like maybe just so you were more charged Pre- and vitalistic and creative, yes my-
2: myself more myself. I was getting serious, I was like having these powerful coaching conversations to help people, you know whatever challenge they were dealing with or the big thing that they wanted to create. I was having these really meaningful deep conversations so it was just for me i was like i was feeling serious i'm like i'm not serious that's not me but i'm getting so serious about my business and building it i'm like i got to break this i got what do i got to do that's when i asked the question you know what could i do to make this more fun
1: well and i find that really cool that the the app that we just used is encur- encouraging people And one of the four ways to express yourself is singing and now i'm really starting to wonder why when like how natural? How would you encourage everyone to start singing, and or how would they incorporate song into well, their life? Well,
2: I, I don't know that singing is every. You know, everybody's. It was more about asking that part of myself, and then listening to the answer, and having the courage to act on it.
1: And then, how do you distinguish or discern between? Oh, that's just like a mental thought versus that's my heart speaking to me. And that's a big question. Well,
2: that in that particular instance, it scared the crap out of me. I mean. I felt like I felt when we just opened this app, like my heart started to kind of pound, my palms sweat. I was like, oh, can, can I do that? You know, my mind started to race like a little gerbil up there on a, on a, on a wheel, you know. It was going crazy. That, um, so usually my intuition, if, if you're asking what's the distinction between intuition, you know, and fearful wishing, for me, it's it's subtle. It's soft. It's almost like you have to slow down to hear it. You're not going to hear it while you're on a treadmill. Or that's maybe not true. Actually, you might hear it on a treadmill because sometimes those activities do put you in touch with your intuition. But for me, it's not a big, loud, booming voice. It's not a brick in the head. It's, usually, it's like paprika. You're like, is that? Wait a minute. Is that, is that paprika or something? What is? What is you get know, this and then I have to slow down and kind of sit with it, and I might not even get the clear message right then, but the more that I sit and still myself with the intention to hear it, it's almost like it just sort of shows up, and I don't know if it showed up at two o'clock or if maybe it was five, but it's here now
1: yeah i can I can relate to that in the sense and, and maybe this is why I'm seeing if you want to share this one of the song- song stories with the lady that you were telling us about yesterday because. I've heard what I imagine that voice to be, or that subtle frequency of my heart. And along with the metaphor of the aspen groves that we were talking about yesterday, which we might be able to tie into this, um, those aspen groves and those trees, they're one, they might seem like multiple trees, but each tree is part of one larger unit. And... That's sometimes how I feel about my intuition. Like, I'm not sure why I'm doing what I'm about to do. Mm. Like, I'm not exactly sure why I walked into true hearts or true True art, true nature in Carvindale. Or I'm not exactly sure why I'm coming here, but I feel like I'm supposed to. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I find out it's for someone else. Yes. And then if I think about it here as surrounded by these aspen groves, that thing, I might be a major catalyst for someone else. Like, I'm almost being, like, used by God to be in this person's life. Well. If we look at the aspen Groves and we think they're reflecting something to us, that's for me too. If yes. I can, if for me coming to a random coffee shop because I feel like I'm, I'm crazy and why am I going into here, that might be something, it might be just me more to set off a snowball effect for another part of me known as Jeff or JP or Cheryl or whoever it is that day. And um, I've caught myself in that quite a bit. Like, I'm yeah, not sure why I'm doing this, but man... It must be for something for the collective. Well,
2: and you seem, I mean, your heart is so open. You seem like you just live that way, that you're, you you make that an adventure. Like when I look in your eyes right now, I see them bright, open. It's almost like you're waiting for that. You're like, tell me to take a left turn. I'll take it. I'm, I'm down, baby. Like you just, you are down. And, and, and I think that's the thing that I noticed about you. I'm like, there was just a quality about that. Maybe I recognize that quality in you because it's a quality that means a lot to me. Years ago, when I was um, an actor in Hollywood, I would take Mondays and I called them float days. And so I'd get up in the morning and I would say a little prayer and ask to be led where I could serve. I'd get in my little 89 Honda Accord and I would just drive and I'd I'd hear, go left, get on the 10, stop here, get off there, take a right. And it wasn't loud, it was like a subtle sense and part of me was like, am I just making this up? You know what I mean? Am I? Is this just me like thinking I'm really deep and I'm just full of shit right now? And I'm, I'm totally like just, uh, am I psychologically not healthy? At the, I, I had those thoughts, but I listened to it all the same. And and I'd, I'd always end up someplace like at a coffee shop or at a bookstore or on the corner of a street. Uh, I can remember a particular conversation with a woman and I I was led to the Bodhi tree bookstore back when it was in Los Angeles. And I just was told to go in, go in and look at the, um, the books on auras, which is not something I knew a lot about at the time. And I was looking at a book and I looked through the bookshelf and across through the bookshelf was a woman and she just had a look and I just got an imprint, a feeling from her. And I just said, are you okay? And it sparked this conversation. And we talked for three hours on the curb, right off of Melrose, right by the Bodhi Tree Bookstore and, and the Earth Cafe. And that was, that was my Mondays. My Mondays were float days to go where I was led. And it, there, it was always, like you said, sometimes it was for them, sometimes it was for me, and every time it was for them, it was always for me because it felt so good to be a channel, a, a conduit of goodness. And it never occurred to me that that could be a career or something, a thing. You know, that was just me being Jeff. And in Los Angeles over the years as, as an actor, when my acting started to dry up, um, I didn't realize it dried up because I stopped doing my float days. I stopped taking more time to just be with people and coach them. And so um, I got back to doing that again. And when I did, I could see my way again. So that was a big, being of service, being a channel for goodness, that, that was a big, it's a big thing for me. So being led, following that intuition, those subtle guidances has been Pivotal. Every big decision that I've made has been influenced by that subtlety and that softness. Even coming here to Colorado, I could tell that's a that's a crazy story too. The
1: breadcrumbs from God, as we talked about yesterday.
2: Daniel's upcoming book or one of <laughs> many because of the amazing titles you pop out like like nobody's business.
1: Well, on that note, that what about that time that when you were singing to that one lady? And I mean, I'm imagining that must have felt like one of those affirmations. Like, am I, was this challenge for me or was this all for this one lady?
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I I had I had a, I had a list of, you know, meetings that day, conversations I was going to have with prospective coaching clients or people that I wanted to talk and share my coaching with to potentially coach them. Probably 10, 10 conversations scheduled that day. And this was maybe conversation number three. And it was a woman who was an artist, um, a dear woman. I love her so much. I'm not going to mention her name because I, I don't have permission to share it, but I know that she'd be okay. But I'll, I'll just tell the story and nobody will, you know, there's, there's nothing that I'm divulging that is um, breaching any sense of confidentiality. But I just, I was on the phone with her and we were chatting and I knew I had to get a song out because that's was the game I was playing, and I didn't want to let it go to the end because then it could be awkward. So I said, "Okay, um, so what I'd like to do is I want to I want to do a little exercise right now. And I'd all all you have to do is just sit there and just stay connected to your heart and what's present. And let's I want you to be aware of what's going on in you as I do this exercise. Are you ready? And she goes, okay, and so I did. And so I sang a song, and I don't remember the song. It was probably a 40s standard, like The Nearness of You or something like that, a Frank Sinatra type song. And I sang it, and I sang it with all my heart and right to her um, through the phone. This was a phone one. And after I finished, I could hear her crying on the other end. And so I just listened, and I said, well, what's going on? What did that bring up for you? And she said, I'm so dissatisfied in my marriage and I'm not seen. That was hard for me to hear you sing that song because it was so tender and so like to me. And it's like it was hard to take in the love of that song. And it just had me look at my marriage and say, Wow, I'm not being met. To which I responded, Is that true? Is it really true that you're not being met? And that coaching conversation led her to see how she's not seeing herself. And it was a major breakthrough, she said. It was one of the biggest breakthroughs of her life. I couldn't have created that by just a conversation. I mean, literally, five minutes in, I'm singing a song. She's crying. I couldn't – I mean, that's just not – I could never have manufactured that. That was just – so magical
1: yeah i would say that's the power of surrendering to those to that heart frequency that subtle heart frequency and um i'm imagining you have countless stories like that where you might be like i'm not sure why i'm doing this and then you get a major affirmation from someone else tapping into their big thing or having a big breakthrough because you were willing to follow what was coming through you
2: so many people that were at the game changer summit this weekend here Uh, on the campus of the institute with us where we're at right now so many people that were here this weekend had that you know that have i got an intuition to call someone or i got a you know we ran into each other on the street i mean there's probably four or five people in this event that that happened with so
1: me included i remember you called me and told me about this i was calling you about the app and you called me about this and i was like well i'm in california so i'm not sure that's going to happen but i definitely didn't say no
0: you didn't. I, I think no, I even you told didn't.
1: you. I was like, there might be some last-second shift, and sure enough, there was. We drove to Colorado, and now, now I'm here. Look at us now. yeah And okay. there's what I definitely want to – like one thing that I really enjoyed about the experience with you is your linguology. Um,
2: Are you kidding me? Did you just – okay. Uh, yeah. I, this is my thing I'm just loving about you. Linguology. You come <laughs> up with these phrases, and and everybody in the retreat this weekend, by the way, was hounding you you've got to write a book just of lexicon like all of your i mean that could just be a book terminology you could probably write a book on each term it's so much fun i i was just i was facilitating and i was like stopping and like that was brilliant it was it was just so much fun you just have such a special gift in that way
1: well, thank you. Thank you. And I I think you, I think we're probably appreciating our own versions of that because I, I even this number you had the guidelines and agreements, which is cool because we do agreements be tr- before our retreats as well. And um uh, number 4, which I put a star on here, take 100% responsibility, use I language, own your experience as your own and not necessarily as the truth. For example, people need to be more open can can be converted to I can be more open resist their urge to give advice can you tell me about this because this one i feel like this has been a big part of my life this number four has been a big part of my life and it's made a huge change in my life so i'm curious what this impact has had on you
2: well you know for me i believe that we are magical incredible beings spiritual human beings spiritual beings having a human experience as gary Zukov said in the seat of the soul and I think if if we really believe that if we really operate from that position it means that each of us has our own answers each of us has access to all the wisdom all the insight all the creativity all the strength in the in the universe in life and so it's like we were talking about the the aspen grove the aspen grove itself is an organism and you've got all these trees that spring off the root system which are just like arms on a body and so if that one tree thinks that it's its own entity it loses the power that it is it doesn't know it's true big incredible nature so this taking 100 percent responsibility using i language for me it's 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 honoring the fact that the person you're sitting across from is whole is infinite and is brilliant and to not think that you're going to give them advice you're, you're just going to create a space and through your beingness through being with them in a very caring way that lets them work their own stuff they're going to get to where they need to get to and as a coach that's the big thing for me is I don't I think a great coach has a magical ability to have people tap into their incredible strength and then integrate it and live it
1: well I I'd, I'd totally resonate with the sentiment that like with everything I see around me and every person I meet is potentially a reflection of some part of me whether I care to get in touch with it or not yeah. And I think the earth, especially like the When I think think of the trees and the aspen trees, I think of hairs on my arm. That's a
2: great way to and, look at
1: it. Like especially if you look at the trees from a higher view, it does seem like it they're like the hairs of the earth, really so and fun. they shed and they come back. And yeah, from from one of my hairs to think that it's the only being that how silly would they, the only being of this organism that would be pretty silly.
2: It would. <laughs> you can imagine hairs like fighting each other no i'm the i'm the one I'm the one you know
1: uh, it's crazy how crazy would it be yeah to think that this darker hair doesn't want to be in harmony with this lighter hair because it doesn't look the same
2: or that it's, it's competing uh, with the lighter hair you know that they're like some struggle to to survive and one's trying to knock one out,
1: yeah, and that's something we thought I think that's a great topic. I would love to just um, I feel like I'm, we're putting a lot of breadcrumbs out here and that was a topic that I brought up about competition, maybe potentially for the way I see it, competition in its purest form is cooperation and we we were talking about the metaphor of a man that when a man ejaculates, there's millions of sperm in that one ejaculation, and maybe a man will ejaculate billions of sperm throughout a lifetime or billions, billions, billions. And how silly would it be to for those sperm to, A, fight against each other, to think that, like, oh, I'm going to destroy that sperm. That would be a self-destructive mess. And Basically. that might be what's happened on the earth here and there every once in a while and maybe still happening. But I trust we're shifting by having conversations like this and doing our big things. And how silly would it be for the other sperm to be like, I don't want to compete. Like, I trust that, and I've talked about this before, and we talked about it at the event, but I trust that my sperm – are competing in a way that they want to be pushed by each other. They're not, they're not like, oh, that aspen, I don't want to look like that aspen tree, but I want that aspen tree to be the best version of itself so that I can be the best version of myself. And to me, that's like true competition. That mm. you, Maybe me and you share some gifts. Maybe our language or maybe our ability to coach. Those are both gifts that we share. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, in a way, I do want us to compete. I want, I want to learn new things from you. I want to keep. I want you to keep pushing me and I want to keep pushing you so that you become the best version of you and I become the best version of me, not necessarily for me to destroy you. Yes. But maybe there'll be times where I feel like I'm a better coach than you or you might feel like you're a better coach than me or you spoke better that day. Yeah. And I spoke better the next day. And to me, that's a, a beautiful thing to support each other in that.
2: I think that's been shown in history that it works. I mean, take Magic Johnson. I've heard some stories and I can't confirm this from my own knowledge because I don't know. Magic Johnson. But I think he and Jordan and some others, they used to go out and have a camp every summer on in the off season. And I think it was Magic Johnson that would it was either Larry Bird or someone like that, that he would show him his moves like they would camp and work and they would show each other their moves so that they could not rest on what they already knew which it forced each other to get better. They were pushing each other to get better. I mean, when you think about it, that's good for the sport of basketball and that's good for sports in general. So in a lot of ways, that really serves the, the whole, but that's, that's an audacious, that's a, that's, that's a breaking norm mentality. I love the way you described how uh, that competition or just that element of competition can really serve people, can bring people higher.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I like. There's a difference between competition and condemnation. Like, if you do something great, it doesn't, and I don't know, I want to drive this point home to myself and to other people, because I've heard so many times, and like, especially the spiritual community, uh, how people are, like, anti-competitive, and I just don't know if that's the best for the evolution of our species. I do think there are specific ways to be competitive that are best for everybody, that are best for the collective and the individual and, I th- and that's something I think that we both share with our events. I really think that there's a lot of healing of the individual through the collective at this Game Changer Summit. And that's something I've seen at the Tribe Designs. And I'm so happy to be uh, a student to that. Um, it's been a big deal. And I and I think one of the metaphors that I definitely want to make sure that we share, and know we're talking a lot of metaphors, which makes me think we're getting somewhere closer to the truth, um, <laughs> is the orange metaphor you talked about. Oh yeah. I think that that one will I think will land in a lot of people's bodies in a in a very harmonious way. Wow, so that's I would, still cool. I would love to hear you kind of share that again just for my own sake. Yeah. At least, which is probably better for everyone else too.
2: Okay. Well, um thank you, Daniel. Um so the the, the orange, this is when I started my business in 1999 when I started coaching. Um, I, my business was called, it was first called future vision because I really believe the importance of envisioning your future. But the next iteration, the next, you know, doing business as name was seed coaching. And it came from this, this metaphor that, that just kind of came to me or just struck me. So if, if I were to hand everyone listening right now an orange and you put it in your hand and I said, you'd never seen one and you didn't know what it was, how would you describe it? And what would you say it is? And of course, we would probably look at it. We'd hold it. We'd squeeze it. We'd weigh it. And we'd be like, it's it's orange in color. It's round. It's dimpled. It's kind of dense. It's sort of heavy. And and if you took it at face value on its physicality, you'd be like, that's all it is. It's this, It's this round, squishy orb. But if I ask you to peel back the first layer and you peel back the the skin, you'd be like, Oh wow, there's this fibrous white kind of film over the top of it. Maybe, oh, so that's what it is. It's a white inside, it's a white thing and 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 you go further, you open it up and you've got the meat and the juice, but then you've also got something else inside, which are the seeds. So to me that the orange is kind of like us as spiritual human beings. You've got the outer layer, the shell, which is the, the peel of the orange. It's our physicality. And sometimes that's all we identify with. We just think that's us. We don't go deeper. We don't peel deeper. And then you get deeper and you see all the fibers and all the things holding the meat together. It's kind of like the mental body. You know, kind of keeps the meat in there. And then when you open up that the mental body and you open up an orange and separate the, the partitions, you'll notice that there's meat and there's juice and there's all these minerals and the flavor. And it's incredible, which is kind of like the emotions of life. And then you could stop right there. You're like, wow, what an incredible piece of you know, life here and there's juice and it gives me life and, and if somebody if I were to ask somebody, well what's the real power of the orange, they might say, Oh well it's definitely the vitamin C. I mean, you know, that's the power of the orange. Somebody might say, No, it's the skin, it's dimpled, it breathes. It's incredible. You know. But if you look even deeper there's something even more powerful that most of us spit out and think nothing about nothing about. And that's the seed. And it, which is incredible when you think about the seed in an orange. Inside that seed is the, the, is the entire possibility of not just a grove, but an infinite number of groves. It's like, how does that happen? How miraculous is that? A seed, like a soul. It's like the soul of the, of the orange. And so as we talked about you know, in the weekend, Daniel, I said that whatever we identify most with, we will become or it w- it will be reflected in our countenance. So if I identify with my physicality, my body, or my physical life, who I am will reflect that. If I identify with my emotions and think that I am my emotions, you know, I'll be run by emotions. But if I identify with my seed, my soul, the part of me that is infinite, the part that knows, like the seed already knows how to make a grove. It knows how to make another tree which makes infinite oranges, which makes infinite groves. It's mind-boggling. The mind can't hardly even contemplate it. So this metaphor of the orange to me is so special because I think most of our ailments on on planet Earth for most of us humans is we've just forgotten our true nature. We've forgotten that we are the entire grove, the possibility of infinite trees and all of the life that that creates. And we think we're this one little thing.
1: And then um, for the 100% responsibility, we could say that we used to think that. And now, and, and now what do you think in the I format? What do you believe about that?
2: I, I believe there's a, a critical mass. I believe that we come in knowing that. And so I would say that we all know this, this is what we know. And our opportunity is to just strengthen that knowing by a consistent cultivation of that part of us.
1: I know you have a few kids or a couple kids. Two girls. Two, two girls. Two beautiful little girls. And um, I had a guest on, David Gonzalez. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He runs the Internet Marketing Party. Okay. He's a super, super spiritual guy as well. And we got on this topic that we talking about. And he um, brought it to the idea that the most fun game around, the most fun universal game around the world, especially for children, is typically hide-and-go-seek, mm. hide-and-seek. It
2: is in our house.
1: It is, yeah. it is. Totally. <laughs> and he was he was making the point that that's extra obvious in children and their pure form because that's what he believes potentially that we're all doing is playing hide-and-seek with God mm. for fun.
2: Ooh, I love that
1: idea. And I do see the issue, though, if someone <laughs> forgets they're playing the game and they're just hiding <laughs> for too long. I don't know if that's going to be that much fun anymore.
2: Well, my daughter Brooklyn um, stayed in the closet for about five minutes the other day, which is a long time for an almost two-year-old. And I was like, are you okay in there? She was just quiet. I don't know what she was doing. She just seemed very happy, and eventually we opened the door, and she just smiled. <laughs> she just smiled, and then she came out. So I don't know, yeah.
1: And, that, and that's probably a, 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 p- partly because she's anticipating your arrival. Yeah, um, sure. Imagine if she was in there thinking that that was the truth, and that's all there is. That would be a totally different scenario. And, would. And I think that's what that orange metaphor reminds me of, is that some people might really forget that there's a, a seed of consciousness that they might be more of than just the, the current physicality that's birthed from that seed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
1: That's a big one. Hmm. What about you? What was your big takeaway from this event?
2: My big takeaway oh, from yeah. this event? Well, um, gosh there were so so many wonderful moments I just love the collaboration you know when I work one-on-one with people um, I get to go deep fast and and see really amazing change and impact with individuals but the part I love about groups is a collaboration and cultivating a space creating an energy of people really connected to their soul, but also connected to their big thing in working through that. And when people do that, they light up and they automatically are back in touch with their resourceful, badass self. And when that happens, people are naturally collaborative. So it takes creating that space and helping people work through, you know, some of the blocks and some of the release stuff that we did this weekend. And then all of a sudden, everybody just wants to help each other. And so when that happens, then the crosstalk and people, I mean, like there were so many examples that we saw of people, you know. Saying, Oh, I I know a person like that. For example, Orville Ray, who wants to take his big band to China. And he's, you know, that's been something that's been his big thing. And he just owned it and declared it this weekend. And he walks outside during a break. And there was a guy in a golf cart who works here at the Aspen Institute. And he was chatting uh, with Orville Ray. and, And Orville Ray was telling him about speaking because that's what he wants to do. And then as it turns out, this young man knows somebody in China and knows Uh, that can help him with his booking thing so I love the energy of collaboration and and that and and I like to support that I like to encourage that because to me that's the juice that's part of why I do what I do it's like I am passionate about um, helping people strip away the layers that have them play small and do and be what they're truly on this planet to do and be so that we can all change the world I believe that if we all strip those layers and live the life we were, that we're really wanting to live deep in our heart, that if we all do that, that it all works out. I I really believe that. And so, but we got to do it together. There's just, we can't do it alone. We have to have each other. And and it's so much fun meeting you in that cafe. Are you kidding? This is so much fun. Like at the end of the day, if nothing else happens, how cool is that?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to echo that fun element one more time. This. This idea of having a joy of being rather than a job, hmm. and I remember I really enjoyed what you were talking about. How selfish it would be for you to not go fly fishing, yes, for your clients. I would yes. like to, <laughs> for people to hear that concept <laughs> because I can totally resonate. Like, someone might look at me at some days and be like, "This guy, is this guy just play all day? Like, he's going. He wakes up. He does breath work. He goes surfing. He goes to do yoga. Then he goes to hang out with friends. It's like..." What do you like? A lot of people are confused by that, but for me, I can totally resonate with what you were talking about fly fishing because how else have I? That's how I tune into the frequency of what I'm, I feel like uh, is my joy of being, Good is read. by keeping those yeah, like pruning the 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 limbs, like taking care of my being and making sure it's charged with what lights me up. And then I, I, you were talking about that for yourself with fly fishing. And I just thought that'd be fun for people to hear your version of that.
2: Well, thank you. Anytime I can talk about fly fishing is just always a win for me. So I appreciate you tying that in. Yeah, I a, a while back, um, and it's probably with, um, you know, probably with the coaching that I've. I'm always involved with coaching and being coached, and I've had coaches a lot of them over the years that really challenged me. You got to slow down. You got to slow down. You got to take time to take care of yourself. And I mean, I need constant reminder. And so um, it hit me one day that, wow, I think it's so selfish of me to go fishing or to take time away from my family to nurture myself or to take time away from my business to just be at peace or to connect with nature, to be inspired. And then I started thinking, well, I'm a better man when I do those things. I'm a more loving father when I'm working out. I'm more I'm more joyful and playful and silly when I do breath work. So that's not about me. I mean, of course, it is about me being happy and enjoying the life. But if I really am committed to being the best father that I want to be, then taking care of myself demands it. So in a way, I see that it's it's serving my family by taking time for myself. It's serving my clients by being more rested, more sparkly, more energized. And so that's how I've contextualized it for myself so that I feel good about it is, and it's not just me, you know, calling something, you know, giving it, you know, giving it a nice name, but it's, I don't really believe it. I really do believe it. I really believe it because I've seen the difference of it now over time, that the more rested, the more playful I am, the more powerful I am in the boardroom, the more powerful I am um, with my friends and more loving and playful I am with my kids and my wife.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. I love to hear that fly fishing is so nurturing for your career and your coaching career. I think that's so cool, and I think that's really powerful that you recognize that. I'm getting this like vision that the people that can recognize that their joy of being is their job, I, I kind of feel like I'm on God's team with them, mm. just like a sports team. If I was the coach of a baseball team, I surely would make sure my athletes are doing what's best for them. Yes, I, I wouldn't want them to be doing any accounting or anything that's beyond their capacity or that drains them because they think they're supposed to. No, those people, and I think that's partly why athletes are probably so inspiring to people because it's like, wow, they are all in on their big thing. and yes. And that's all of their, that's it, that's it. And they're not letting, they're not letting getting cultural condition get in their way or these memes that you, what you're supposed to do. No, they're playing full out professionally. And although we might not be on a uh, t- official team from another human being. I think we are on a team on a larger scale. And I feel affirmed by athletes that are doing that. And I definitely feel affirmed by you that even though maybe you don't have a major league baseball coach telling you what to do every day, but it seems like you do are doing that in your own way.
2: I love the way you just set that up because growing up, I was never a great athlete, but I wanted to be great and so i f- I imagined myself as a great athlete. I fought the thoughts of a great athlete. I envisioned the future of a great athlete, and I trained like a great athlete, and I worked hard and i and I people are like you're practicing in the off season, like you're lifting, you're doing all of this and you're not that good of an athlete. Like don't bother. (laughs) But for me, it was, it was, it was about that pursuit of greatness that really drove me. And it always felt so good. And after I got out of college and I didn't play sports other than intramurals in college, but after I got out of college, I didn't want to lose that, that sport, sporty, adventurous energy. So I just kept training. I always look for something to train for, and I still hold that mentality. When I'm in the gym, I'm an Olympic athlete. Because and now in my life, I'm the Olympian of my life. And so I treat exercise and self-care, my spiritual development, um, all the aspects of my life as this great training for an incredible Olympic-style life. And I know that you're such a powerful voice for that playfulness and really the joy of being you demonstrate and embody that so fully. And I watched you this weekend, even as a participant, just how, you know, how much you inspired people to really live into that. I watched people pop like popcorn, you know, around that idea and so many others that you shared. Um, but I now I'm a little self-conscious. I veered off off topic a bit, but I love this idea of,
1: yeah, well, I think it's super cool life. because you don't even have a, a a person. You don't have a one specific coach paying you to do this and telling you what to do. So it almost takes a new, a different type of strength and courage and capacity to tune into that frequency of what of what is your coaching like? Who like maybe there is whoever created all this. Whoever created all this, I think is coaching you.
2: Yes, for sure, hundred percent.
1: And I think that's super cool and inspiring and. I mean, I know we're coming close to our cutoff here um, of our creative constraint, but I'm. Are I'm, the view right now is totally spectacular. Is I'm looking at aspen trees and what's those big Christmas tree things called?
2: Those are. I think those those are big firs. <laughs> big firs. Some kind of fir.
1: The trees are. Some of them are leaning. They have snow on them, falling off them. Some of the trees are becoming more bare. Some of them still have these colorful, vibrant leaves and what you were talking about when you were talking about like you were really wanting to help people shed the skin of what's no longer for them just mm-hmm. as a snake would that was yes. what I was thinking I'm thinking of these trees too and the still the metaphor of the aspen grove and the individual aspen tree I still happen to be looking at it might it's probably very important if, the, if that tree is a conscious entity whether someone believes that or not or if you just want to make it the metaphor of a human being in this grand tribe of humanity I think it's this seasonal shift of its leaves falling off are extremely important for it to understand that it's not its leaves. It's not it's it's more than just the yes. trunk. It's more than just the limbs. It's more than just itself. And I think uh this conversation is beautiful for the scene that we're having right now that well, yeah. I
2: could not agree more. And I love the way you wove that metaphor back you know a tree doesn't cry when it loses its leaves
1: (laughs) oh the abundance is gone I
2: got to cling to imagine a you know a tree just clinging to its leaves and trying to gather them up and trying to stick them back on itself it doesn't do that because it knows at least I suspect it knows because nature knows it's it's a whole organism that that in the spring not only will the leaves return but they'll multiply and they don't multiply without dropping those leaves and we cling to things in our life and are afraid to let them go—a season, a moment, a person—forgetting that there's something underneath it, trying to replace it and multiply it. And um, and that's that great and just wisdom of the, of life itself that if we can surrender to and say yes to and connect with more, I think we could trust, and not white knuckle quite so much.
1: And potentially people forget that every once in a while, all for the sake of the fun game of hide-and-seek. So if you're yes. playing hide-and-seek, have fun with it. Don't stay in the closet thinking that no one's ever going to come it's because right. that would be not a fun game anymore. Not at all. We're, you know, Something is bigger than your physical body is waiting for you to come out of that closet or to be found or to shed your leaves and to realize that uh, maybe what's most personal is most universal. So by me learning more about you, I'm learning more about myself, and to remember the roots that connect us beyond maybe what we're seeing, just like those aspen trees. And it's uh, such an honor to be out here with an aspen with you playing full out, staying present, being open, taking responsibility, being supportive, encouraging, and uh, yeah, being a game changer. And I think that I feel more like a game changer because the clarity that you offered not only me but the people that were in the room the real power of focusing uh, of what we can control of focusing our vision on this big thing and taking aligned action towards that and I uh yeah I feel like you're on God's team so thank you well, thank you for being thanks. such an ally
2: well it's just been so much fun to to meet you and to see the incredible work that you're doing you inspire me and and this has been such a fun collaboration getting to know you better and i look forward to more fun things in the future and thanks for the amazing work you're doing you inspire me
1: yeah there's plenty to be continued i think on this and probably you coming out to a tribe design one day in the f- i mean there are so many stories you have stories our next events in patagonia you have a stories from patagonia that blew my mind <laughs> like in so many different ways like literal ones and funnier ones yeah. <laughs> and um yeah i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to remembering i'm remembering that future of having you on one of those tribe designs and collaborating and even in a whole new way
2: yes yes i i can i i'm remembering that future as well and i love again it's just like speaking to myself or as people love to say a brother from another mother but um it's just I i can look forward to that thanks for having me on
1: yeah and then what's the best place if someone's like uh i want to i want some support from jeff on my big thing What's the, best the
2: best place to find me is on the river behind my house. <laughs> That's the no, I'm just kidding. Um I uh my business is Aspen Success Coaching, and you can find me there.
1: Um is that Aspen yes,
2: Success. Coaching dot com. And, and we'll
1: put that in the show notes too. So if there's anything else you can always we'll put me send me some links and I'll okay. include it in the show notes on the podcast.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much and, and to all of you out there, um, thanks for being a part of Daniel's tribe. I know it's an incredible, inspiring place, so you're in good hands.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for letting me be part of yours and, and realizing that maybe we we all are all one big tribe. Maybe the one big, big fur and the aspen are even connected in a way that we didn't make a metaphor through to. Fungus, <laughs> through fungus, as we talked about oh, this man. weekend. We, the internet, that's a subject yeah. for another day. The internet of the forest. <laughs> that's, I actually interviewed someone in Carbondale about that. Mateo, he... He uh, sells mushrooms at the Carbondale Market. Is that right? And I, Yeah, it's called Do You Know the Mushroom Man, if anyone wants to check that out. Man, that's another whole entity to learn a lot about. Yes. Oh, and side note, just, I just want to celebrate that these last three nights. I don't know if you're going to be doing this event next year in the same place. Yes, same I'm place to do it in the same oh, place. Oh, this place. Year. This place that we're at right now is totally incredible. And if this, I don't I trust this won't scare anyone away, but for, for me, I saw I kind of had a bear interaction almost every night. You did. Three out uh, of three nights. you look
2: at what that totem means <laughs> about the bear because you about got run over one night. And then yeah. last night at dinner, we're all out eating dinner, and there's a bear that goes moseying right by the window of the restaurant. Yeah,
1: that was May. cool. And then the other night before, I did come up on a, me and a mother bear. I'm not sure if we both accidentally just walked up on each other, but it was definitely uh, – a comp- intimate <laughs> like a, encounter yeah intimate and a bit of an adrenaline rush and really special for me so, Like one, the, I would say it's one of the most spe- I love interactions with the wild and that was a wild animal even though this area is, is a commercial place I had a wild interaction with a wild bear and it meant a lot to me so that, there was definitely many bonuses beyond what we were even doing in the classroom yes.
2: I'll have to put that in the brochure next <laughs> year.
1: All right, Jeff, to be continued. To be continued. Keep breaking normal, y'all. Much love. Peace.
0: This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.